Hi, this is Jonathan Keller. And this is John Girardi. It is election day here in California, Tuesday, June 7th. And as you're heading to the polls, we want to release this special episode of Life, Family, Liberty, the chief podcast of California Family Council. Yet again, we keep we keep calling it with these adjectives as if we have more than one podcast. Well, this is our only podcast. <laughs> it, it is, but uh, it's actually unique. This is the first we've recorded here in Fresno in a while. We recorded uh, several episodes with our good friends of Alliance Defending Freedom back in Washington, D.C. So if any of them are listening, uh, Matt or Carrie or Casey or Allison or anyone else, uh, man, it was just great being back there. They were so hospitable. Mm-hmm. We also recorded with one of our bad friends, Joseph Backholm, who's no, just <laughs> That's right. If Joseph's listening, he's he's that, that you know, scumbag executive he's director from Washington. scumbag Seattle Seahawks fan. <laughs> no, just kidding. We, we will release some very funny uh, 49ers and Seahawks conversation on a future episode with Joe and Johnny. So I'm, I'm a little bit football agnostic, but it was it was very humorous to listen yeah, to. So. Yeah. But as you were heading to the polls today, we wanted to remind you uh, about why you are voting, hopefully. Uh, why, are you, why are you voting? Why John? are you voting? Well, everyone, John, like you've said before, a lot of times things get so overwhelmed with talking about the presidential race. People think, oh, gosh, you know, why even vote? You know, th- this race is sewn up. You know, the Democrats, maybe there's a little bit of competition there. But Donald Trump already has things sewn up. Why, why should I even go and vote in this election? Well, there are a lot of local races, and by that yes. I mean state and local, you know, yes. municipalities, counties, etc. But a lot of state assembly and senate races, half the senators, 20 of the 40 state senators are up, and all 80 of the assemblymen are all up for election. Right, and, you know, we bring you guys all the time news about state, you know, state legislation that's coming up that some of it's really bad, some of it is pretty good. Uh, and... California is in as bad a state that it is in as far as social policy is concerned. And if you want to get into fiscal policy, sure, we can go into that. Um, But as far as social policy is concerned, we're in the bad shape we're in because people keep voting for very pro-choice, anti-religious liberty, anti-traditional family candidates. So these elections really matter. And and what happens in California has a ripple effect across the whole country. And in fact, we're going to be talking about some of these laws that are still moving their way through the state legislature in Sacramento right now. Yeah, and this, this is a this is a case study. Lest you think that your vote doesn't matter, and it really doesn't matter who goes to Sacramento. These these are three examples of why state elections are so important. Stuff this stuff matters, folks. All right, so. We're going to start with a depressing defeat. Yeah. Um, SB 1457-1457, which was introduced by Senator Mike Morell from Rancho Cucamonga, uh, unfortunately went down to an inglorious defeat uh, in the California State Senate. This bill was designed to allow high school students in public high schools to attend released time religious education courses. These are courses that are held off campus during school hours, taught by representatives of whatever religious group wants to sponsor this. And Senator Morell's bill would have allowed these students to earn elective high school credit uh, for attending these classes on a sort of neutral basis in the same way that, like, Let's say you attended a religious high school and then transferred to a public school. Well, your religion classes at the religious school would transfer over. They'd be electives. And that's what they were trying to do here. Um, 
the bill was only opposed by one, unfortunately, enormous organization, the California Teachers Association, yeah. and a number of extremely secular senators uh, who apparently think the very idea of the word religion being mentioned in any context relative to a school is evil. And so it was uh, it was voted down after a lot of, I think, arm twisting. Uh, by the Democrats in the majority. And, and really, I think, misinformation. I mean, listening oh, yeah. to the floor speeches and the um, some of even the committee speeches from different senators, it was, it was really clear that either they didn't truly understand what this bill was about or they did not... Um, I think there was some willful ignorance yeah. in there. Yeah. Because it, it's like, oh, we don't want to make the teachers association mad like why bother with this republicans bill yeah well and and folks again this is something that um as you know california family council is a nonpartisan organization so on this election day even on election day this is true we are not going to tell you on election day which party you should vote for but i will point out that it was very frustrating to see that this vote kind of broke down along party lines Mm -hmm. with the bill being carried by a republican the republicans all voted for it very strongly but some Democrats who normally I think we would consider to be more moderate and more, mm-hmm. you know, amenable to, to religious liberty. And even some Demo- even one Democrat I can think of who voted for this in committee and then yeah. went to a did not did not vote did not vote on it on the floor. And, and, and that was the sad thing was to see because of the situation in Sacramento, because of how far out of balance the numbers are in mm-hmm. these chambers, uh, the party that's in power, which happens to be the Democrats, doesn't a lot of times seem to feel the need to really play ball. There's no real need to reach across the aisle. No. When when you have 26 and the other side has only 14. Even so. when it even when it's a bill that is as common sense as this. I mean, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before. If you want to go back and look mm-hmm. at uh, SB 1457 on our website or go to the the podcast lifefamilyliberty.com and search for it, you can hear the previous podcast, but in a nutshell, I mean like you said, John, it, it just would allow students to get credit for courses they're already, in many cases, taking that have to do with yeah. religion. In a, in a neutral way that's similar to how we already accept credits from kids taking religion classes. So, uh, at any rate, it was a depressing loss. It did build up a lot of momentum, though. It got it out of committee. Yeah. Uh, I think there are more Democrats that are interested in this sort of thing than certainly there were three months ago. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, in no small part, depending on how this election goes in, no, in, in November and in the June primaries, um, I think there's a good chance it could get reintroduced again, yeah. reconsidered, and maybe even passed next year. Yeah, so, Sen- Senator Morrell has already talked about the fact that he wants to, he wants to pass this bill. He, he is going to try again next year. So, you know, we'll see. He's not up see. for re-election, so he will definitely be in the Senate next year. Right. But... What about the next bill on our list, Johnny? All right, the next bill, this is a new item that hadn't been on our radar, but is now, certainly. Uh, this is AB 1671. You may be asking what this does. Well, this bill was basically drafted by Planned Parenthood, and it's kind of a response to the stuff that David Delayden and the Center for Medical Progress did last summer, releasing all these undercover videos uh, detailing how Planned Parenthood executives 
sell the body bots, the body parts of unborn children in a way that sort of really looks like it's for valuable consideration, which sort of really looks like it's in violation of federal law, and sort of really looks like there were some doctors who sort of really maybe kind of sort of altered the way in which they performed the abortion procedure in order to get more intact specimens, which is also against the law and hugely medically unethical. So you're saying, John, that Planned Parenthood has been exposed. They didn't like it. So they found so, a sympathetic legislator to literally carry their water yes, with this well, bill. Figuratively carry their I mean, Well, that's true. Water, I, I'm not right? President Biden or yeah. Vice President Biden. I anyway, apologize. So what, what does AB 1671 do? Right now in California, as in many states, it's illegal to secretly record a conversation, a private conversation without the other, obviously without the other individual's consent. What AB 1671 does is it prohibits and penalizes distributing an illegally recorded private conversation as long as it is a conversation about, uh, about medical stuff, more or less, if, if it relates to a medical provider. Now, this is very, very specific, and it's quite <laughs> obviously and clearly and deliberately, and I don't think anyone's hiding it, uh, directly aimed at the Center for Medical Progress. Um, so there are obviously there are some problems with this, other than on the one hand, you know, we would like to see more investigations into Planned Parenthood, and we would like to see more truth uh, you know, sh more light shown on this organization that I think does things that are, even if they're not quite illegal, are super seedy and super shady. And maybe we need it, we need some light shown on this organization that receives hundreds of millions of your taxpayer dollars, both state taxpayer dollars and federal taxpayer dollars. The other problem with it, though, is that it might be unconstitutional. Uh, there have been Supreme Court cases about Essentially, any prior restriction on speech on certain kinds of, like, on a certain topic hmm. of speech, uh, you're immediately some big constitutional red flags are raised. And and this is not, you know, this is not just a conservative thing. I oh. mean, there are big-time liberals who really believe in the freedom of the press who say, it, hey, you're, you're telling us that we can't distribute this thing, even though it was recorded illegally. Like, you're saying we can't even distribute it? Like, we can't put it in a newspaper? We can't publish it on a website? Like, you know, this is a real infringement on the freedom of the press, and it's specifically kind of content-based. Like, oh, only about medical stuff. Well, well, why? I mean, this, this is an important news item. How are we going to shine light on powerful, corrupt entities if we're not, if we're, you know, we're going to have the threat of jail now uh, by trying to you know, just to publicize this on uh, in a news outlet, uh, this is ridiculous. So AB 1671 has it's already gotten through the assembly, I believe. Is that correct? It has. In fact, let me let me read you. This was just um, a couple of days ago. Uh, it passed through the Assembly Appropriations Committee, and it is, I believe. In fact, I think it's maybe it's past, past the, the it's pa past yeah. the floor. Yeah. yeah, and and like you said, John, this this bill is not just uh, opposed by groups like David Daleiden and you know Lila Rose. Yeah, this isn't just a bunch of right wingers. No, in fact, this is the California Newspaper Publishers Association. Listen to the just the title of their update on it. It says after delays, narrowed speech crime bill moves.
moves to assembly floor. Yeah. I mean, it they was... They call it speech crime. They, they yeah. do. And it says, this bill, AB 1671 by assembly member Jimmy Gomez, a Democrat from Los Angeles, which criminalizes news distribution. Jimmy Gomez, who I remember in the debate about H.R. 32, mm. th- this was the resolution that was passed in January to honor the anniversary of Planned Parenthood, um, noted that he was a lawyer... And and gave this like argument. Oh, you conservatives say you love the Constitution. Well, why don't you support the constitutional right to uh, to abortion? And it's like, well, listen, doofus. Like, <laughs> it's because there is no constitutional right to abortion. Yeah. We're upholding the Constitution because we think that that right doesn't exist in it. That's right. So, like. I mean, I can understand if you want to disagree with that premise, but gee, Jimmy Gomez, uh, not not the brightest light on, not the brightest bulb on the tree. No, and in addition, again, this bill is being opposed not by bastions of conservatives. The California Newspaper Publishers Association, California Broadcasters, and the Motion Picture Association. Wow. So it says it Jeez. was it was recently narrowed, like you said, to apply only to conversations involving healthcare providers, which almost uh, makes it worse in a way because then it's like. It's like specifying the kinds of content you can't talk about. Like if it's a general thing, yes, and like that and that, that is again might almost be constitutionally preferable. The, the newspaper publishers association they actually note that and and kudos to their credit. They say the CNPA argued in the hearing that this bill is content based regulation and presumptively unconstitutional. Yeah, and it may well be. So and if I know if there's one guy who's willing to challenge the who's willing to break some rules to challenge the constitutionality of, of a law it, oh, it might yeah. be David Delighton to That's be right. honest <laughs> which I, I yeah we have no we have no like inside scoop on on, on anything like nope, that folks we're, nope, but we're just basing it off of David's personality which is uh, it's uh, it's so it's so blatantly unconstitutional and blatantly retaliatory. I mean, you, oh, yeah. the, the good news about this bill, folks, I'll tell you this, is that this goes to show how incredibly damaging and damning oh, the yeah. videos from David and Lila have been over these last several years. Yeah, because not only has it actually, I mean, it's resulted in these huge federal hearings and attempts to cut off Planned Parenthood funding at the federal level, successful attempts to cut off Planned Parenthood funding at all these different state levels, and has really slowed down Planned Parenthood's move towards having more of these kinds of relationships with uh, these uh, groups like Da Vinci Biosciences and, yeah. and other groups that were STEM Express, STEM Express that were sort of acting as a middleman between Planned Parenthood and researchers uh, to in this very lucrative financial arrangement yeah. where Planned Parenthood was getting instead of just you know not to be callous because we're talking about human human bodies. Instead mm-hmm. of Planned Parenthood just throwing out their aborted yeah. these aborted children uh, as medical waste, now they're making tons of money off of it. Well, and there was so, another story and, and that, that... that has really slowed down now as a result of these investigations. Yeah. And, and, and again, folks, at some point we'll have to do a whole podcast just talking about some of the, the recent revelations that have come out from the Committee on Human Lives, the Select yeah. Panel on Infant Lives. Um, I, there's just been some bombshells, even in the last few weeks, that have come out about this. Mm-hmm. And one of them that I just saw was that they found out that STEM Express and other providers, when they were selling to research hospitals that knew they had a, a large amount of money behind them, mm-hmm. they would mark up these unborn body parts by four to 600%. 
Jeez, Louise. But so, it, but I it's mean, not were, for. But it's they're not selling body parts for profit. I mean, somehow they managed to elude that. They were that they were raking in the profit. I mean, it was yeah. just it was really disgusting. I, I mean, as if you could find a way to try to make the practice of abortion more despicable and more morally repugnant. Um, the the profiteering side of it is just yeah. unspeakable. No. So. All right. Uh, the last bill on our list that we're going to look at is SB 1146. You've heard us talk about this before. This is the bill that restricts the religious exemption for uh, religious colleges and universities. Uh, this religious exemption is sort of a fruit of the special First Amendment rights that religious colleges and universities have. Uh, it allows these schools, even though they receive some form of federal funding, they're still allowed to do things that would be considered, quote, religious discrimination, end quote, on a secular campus or on a public school campus, like integrate faith in integrate religion into all aspects of their curriculum, have prayer at, you know, convocations or at the beginning of classes, have requirements for students to attend uh, worship services or chapel or what have you. These are pretty common to hold things. to hold their students. I mean, they can have a a basic kind of code of moral conduct. Yeah, and they can have codes of moral conduct that hold their students to a certain standard that is in keeping with their religion. It also well, it also allows them to, if they are a Christian school that believes that uh, gay marriage is wrong, to have conduct codes that reflect that. Yeah, our California-based faith-based schools, there is a chapel requirement, and right. that's. That is legal. That's right. something that's so, been legal and unquestioned for years and years and years. Even if you receive funding from the state or the federal government. Yes. And what 1146 is saying is, hey, if you receive funding from the state or from the state government, including participation in the Cal Grants program, you're not allowed to do anything that would be considered, quote, discrimination. So you can't have uh, conduct codes that, quote, discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation. Like if you say you know, public displays of affection are not allowed for homosexual students, then that's discriminating against homosexual students. If you have prayer that you're requiring everyone to participate in at like school, sort of participate in at school convocations or something, that is Hmm. a discrimination on the basis of religion. What what if you want to um, put a a simple restriction and say, you know, I think that gendered bathrooms should be segregated or assigned on the basis of biological sex. Yeah, that's going to be discrimination, too, because they're including the categories of gender identity and gender expression. So if you're a school that refuses to have a boy live in a girl's dormitory, for example, Hmm. a boy who's claiming to be a girl. Yeah, a biological male. A biological male who says he's a transgender woman. Yeah, not going to go over well. Yeah. Uh, And all these penalties can be assessed against you. You can have lawsuits against you. So SB 1146 is really bad. It it could be really damaging to religious education uh, in California. It has passed the California Senate. It's now moving on to the Assembly. We have some hopes in the Assembly, and there are a lot of groups that are working to fight against it. Um, But, uh, yeah, we want all of you to be informed about it and just to know this is some bad stuff that's happening. So please pray. And And to clarify, it's already passed the Senate, just to reiterate. It is waiting in the Assembly. Uh, By the time you hear this on on Election Day, we're hoping that um, it has not been assigned. Um, It is not not as of yet, but who knows later today what might happen. So 
So we'll keep you posted on this and, of course, other bills as well, 1671 and any other bills that arise. But, um, folks, we sincerely appreciate your support. Uh, John and I do have a lot more to bring you from our trip with ADF. Lots of very hard-hitting investigative journalism. And uh, if you'd like to help support that work that we're doing, you can go to our website, californiafamily.org, click the big red donate button, and and make a financial contribution. Even in the summer, or I should say especially in the summer. Especially in the summer. We need help. We really need financial support in the summer. I got to pay for that air conditioning, folks. It's hot. (laughs) That's true. My my apartment is really hot. (laughs) Uh, uh, The uh, Fresno... pregnant wife. (laughs) Fresno is about the cheapest place in California to live on many days different levels except when it becomes the surface of the sun between yes. june and uh september yes so other than you folks in like death valley really. that's that's you true wusses. Anyway. Yeah, that's true it's but we sincerely appreciate your support as always for california family council i'm john girardi i'm jonathan keller we'll talk to you guys later bye